Hello, and welcome in to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Evan Ronda, and I am joined by a very special guest, Bobby. What's up, man? What's going on, Evan? I am so glad to be here with you talking football. Prior to week 11, it, it's a... Uh, I was literally thinking this week, I was like, how is it week 11? How is the fantasy football season almost over? It's crazy, right? This is the time of the year where I look at all my leagues and realize, oh, shoot, I need to uh, I need to get five wins in three weeks in order to make the playoffs. So that's <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. But- I think I've only got one league across the uh, – across the, uh, vast chasm that is uh too far-fetched to get uh, to get in the playoffs but yeah riding riding about 500 everywhere got a couple pretty good teams but what about yourself how uh how has your 2021 uh fantasy football season been going redraft dynasty i don't care it's been interesting i i took a new approach to dynasty this season my general game theory philosophy has been it's easier to win this year than next year so instead of rebuilding in all my dynasty leagues, I've just said, eh, screw it. I'm just going to do my best. Turns out it's actually worked pretty well because everybody else said, eh, screw it. I'm rebuilding. So, um, and pretty much all of my managed leagues, I still have a shot at the playoffs in my best ball leagues. As of last week, I had like a 52% win rate. So that's nice. Let's go, man. 52%. That's awesome. I, uh, I know I love, uh, what did what did Macri call him a couple weeks ago? Instead of Johnny the Greek, it was a uh, um, it was uh, Charlie the Irish or something like that. Anyways, uh, but Johnny always talks about his Yahoo rating, and uh, mine's pretty low right now. I'm I'm out of gold, and I think into silver at this point. So I uh, I've been platinum. I've been playing. I think on Yahoo since like '01. and um, I actually tweeted at at Yahoo earlier for moving uh, Godwin. Igual bouquet from uh, safety that. to a running back, which is super disappointing, but such shame. is life. Yep. Oh, well, man, man deserves better. Absolutely. Absolutely. But hey, if he's still out there in MFL or RSO and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and start the sode with that. If he's a, a DB or a safety somewhere, I don't know. I do think Jamar Jefferson and maybe Jamal Williams will be back this week. So I don't know what that usage looks like, but it was fun while it lasted, I guess. Amen to that. <laughs> I can't say I've, I think I've played maybe one season on Yahoo. I guess this year there's a league I'm I'm helping a friend run because he's like, hey, it's a money league and I care a lot. So uh, here's mm-hmm. my login information. Let's make this happen. Awesome. Um, but other than that, man, I mean, I guess I haven't been really playing that long. This is only probably my fourth or fifth year. So yeah, my Yahoo, Yahoo. rating is probably like wood. I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> would. Yahoo's app is actually really good. That's that's normally how I write a lot of these uh a lot of these fantasy football websites and uh, you know, you got your sleeper RSO's app is horrible, but Yahoo's got a great app. So it's easy to manage your, uh, your terrible teams. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> I think, I think sleeper is my uh, sleeper is my favorite so far, but I'm definitely biased. I don't know what mm-hmm. buy, but I'm sure there's something that's biasing me. So for sure, for sure. There, but. The, the, the sleeper app sometimes for me can be too much though with all the fire and like the emojis <laughs> and stuff. Like I love the nerdy side of like, just give me stats, give me numbers, give me the analytics. Like that's, that's all I really care about. I don't, I don't need like the fiery little, uh, uh, my team name to be in fire because I've won three or four weeks in a row or whatever that is. So all of my teams would be on fire, you know, so it's just, it's embarrassing when they're all just so hot, but whatever. Exactly. You know how that goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I totally know how that goes. Absolutely. <laughs> fire? Is this fire and sleeper now? People are getting fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's funny. I probably have a team or two, maybe. I'm sure. Them. I'm sure out there uh, out there on sleeper, you're on fire somewhere. Heating up, at least. Somewhere. I hope only on sleeper. NBA well, Jam. <laughs> NBA Circa Jam 95. Whatever, yes. whatever year they, that came out. Yeah, NBA Jam. I definitely played that game. Oh yeah, I had it on Game Boy too, I believe. That was uh that was some good times, man. I think uh, I'm trying to think of who my favorite team was. Obviously, Jordan wasn't on there, but I think Pippen was. Um, but then you had like Charles Barkley, and they had a good they had a good shooting guard, maybe when Barkley was there too. It's been so long ago, man. The nineties. I don't even think NBA. I was alive. Oh, sure you were. Evan, don't do that to me. Don't make me feel that old. All right. Sorry. I, I shouldn't. That's mean. Um, hey, I guess uh, I guess there's football happening this week. Beats me. I wouldn't have known until uh, they told me, hey, Evan, we got to record this preview pod and uh, 
you know, you're supposed to know things. So, you know, I guess we'll talk about some things that we know. And uh, we're going to go ahead and hone in on our our starts, our babies, our darlings, our players. Mm-hmm. We're going to put our gold stars of affirmation upon and let you all know, hey, you should probably put these people in your starting lineup. And uh, might as well start closest to the line of scrimmage with our defensive line. Bobby, why don't you get us started? Let's go here. So my start of the week at defensive line is going to be Marcus Golden, defensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals. I got to give Addy a little bit of uh, love here for this golden find this year. Get it? Get it? (laughs) It's a pun. It's a pun. But uh, Marcus actually has seven sacks over his last five games. Um, Not only that, but Golden has 19 tackles over that time frame as well. Four forced fumbles and four fumbles recovered added to his stat line for the year. Give Golden a beautiful high tackle floor with great high sack and uh, forced fumble, forced recovery upside. Uh, The Cardinals also play the Seattle Seahawks in week 11, so this coming week, who gave up three sacks to the Green Bay Packers in week 10. Um, personally, I'm starting to mentally think about, you know, given Russell Wilson's ability, um, to, to hold onto the ball a little bit longer, you know, that, that lingering hand issue with that middle finger, um, holding onto the ball, showing actually a little bit of inaccuracy last week. Um, maybe given, uh, that situation, I, I, I really like this, uh, matchup here for, for Marcus Golden. I think he didn't have a sack last week, so, um, might make him all the more hungry for one in week 11. Yeah, I love this call. Gotta love the high tackle floors and that that sack oh, upside yeah. with Russell Wilson being prone to hold the ball a little too long. This looks like a juicy matchup for Marcus Golden. I'm a big fan. For sure. My, love that. My start this week is ironically, it's Max Crosby. It's it's Joey's start from our previous show, the defensive lineman for the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'm going back to the well of Max Crosby. Hopefully this time he will be a bit more productive than he was last time, but I do have a lot of reason to believe he will be. The Bengals offensive line has a negative 51% pass block advantage versus the Raiders defensive line, according to the PFF offensive line, defensive line matchup chart. And the Bengals as an opponent have a pretty average points per game allowed to the defensive end position, but I am banking on a big play for Crosby to break that trend. In week 10 alone, he had 13 pressures, but he had zero sacks. Mm. For all of those who are stats nerds, that spells Mm -hmm. positive regression. It's extremely unlikely for a player to have that many pressures and not see sacks. So if he keeps up that pressure rate, I expect the conversions to come in due time. Absolutely. I love that, man. You know, a lot of people in Dynasty have been selling Max Crosby, and I don't quite understand that. Um, I agree with you. You know, whoever said that pressures were not important is not paying attention to, uh, you know, how they eventually will lead to sacks. You know, you got to give Yannick a little bit of credit this year as well. Um, Maybe Crosby has seen a little bit more attention, so Yannick has been able to beat out uh, just one-on-one, you know, coverage over there on the other side. But yeah, the uh, the Raiders have been a weird team this year. Uh, even with the the mishaps with Gruden, and obviously they're they're up and coming uh, wide receiver and rogues. Um, they were really ascending and still not a bad team. But I love that man. I, I'm uh, I'm buying Crosby in a lot of leagues right now just because I agree with you that positive regression has to come. Absolutely. I guess maybe a good analogy for people that are still newer to IDP is like pressures are kind of like targets. They're not quite as high volume in that mm-hmm. when they come, but it's right. You have to get a target in order to catch the ball. You have to have a pressure in order to get a sack. You can't get a sack without a pressure and a pressure is just, you know, almost getting to the quarterback. So yeah, it's a great, hopefully, great analogy. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I try that. Um, that. Let's go ahead and move on to the linebacker position, scooting a little farther away from the line of scrimmage. Who's your first linebacker call? So let's not get too far away from the line of scrimmage because that's a little bit of the reason why I like this guy. But linebacker Patrick Queen for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, so here with eyes closed and, and prayers lifted high, I want to add Patrick Queen to uh, to my starts of the week. Um, Queen polished off week 10 with five tackles, one sack, and one forced fumble. Um, now, obviously, I don't really recommend Queen in, uh, you know, baby IDP, but in deeper leagues, I like his new role there in that Baltimore defense. Um, I'm not sure really what we see um, that we'll see Queen go back to that role 
uh, is carrying the green dot in Baltimore, kind of like late 2020, early in 2021. Um, but I do like his pass rush upside. Um, and given that they are playing the horrible Cleveland Bears, uh, Cleveland Bears, good gosh, it's been a long week there, Evan. Either the Cleveland Bears or the uh, Chicago Bengals. No, I'm not even doing that right. The Chicago Browns. Oh, my goodness. The Chicago Bears in week 11. Uh, I'm actually willing to run it back here with Pat Queen. So, um, you know, you got to give Adam a little bit of credit, too. And he kind of talked about in the offseason, Pat Queen holding value uh, from a pass rush um, perspective. I think that's really how Queen is used best. Um, I don't really necessarily see him as a middle linebacker, uh, but the ability for him with given how much that defense uh, rushes the quarterback and even just plays like, uh, you know, just a uh, all out, just blitz, blitzing Chuck Clark, Pat Queen at the same time. Um, I really like Queen. I, I think he will come around uh, later towards this year to have a little bit more IDP rele- relevance than he does right now. Awesome. I certainly hope so for my sake. I, only my sake. I'm personally biased here. <laughs> sure. You know, I, I don't blame you for for the Chicago Browns, judging mm-hmm. by how bad their offensive line has been this year. You know, I can understand getting that mixed up with the Browns of old. Um, yeah. <laughs> my linebacker call this week is the Raiders. Yeah, I'm, Raiders again. Why? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But the Raiders linebacker Denzel Perryman. So, yeah, I've got a lot of eggs in this Raiders basket this week. I hope they don't drop it. But after 11 weeks, the Bengals, as an offensive opponent, now have the league's highest rate of linebacker tackles per snap and linebacker tackles per total tackle. So as a refresher, or for those of you guys that are new to the episode where I've broken down my spreadsheet that I've been doing, I've tracked every team as a defense and every team as an offensive opponent in snaps, tackles, and tackles by linebacker. And then I've made a ratio of, you know, what percentage of tackles they get per snap, what percentage of linebacker tackles they get per snap, and what percentage of linebacker tackles they get per team tackle. And I like to think that that is somewhat predictive because big plays are tough to guess, you know, which why which guy is going to get the fumble recovery, which guy is going to get the interception. It's a little trickier than seeing which guy has a tendency or which offenses have a tendency to let a specific position group get to the ball first. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's not everything, but it's not nothing. So I'd like to think it's a little helpful. And yeah. in saying that, the Bengals have, after 11 weeks, ended up at the top of the list for favorable linebacker matchups in regards to tackles. And how much Mm. of a favorable matchup it is, it's actually 2%. They allow 2% more tackles to the linebacker position per snap than the league average. And 4% more linebacker tackles per total tackle than league average. The Raiders as a Mm. defense also have the league's second highest percentage of tackles per snap going to the linebacker position with 6.5% more than league average. The coefficient of variation for the stats are both pretty average And Perryman isn't 100% snap linebacker, but I'm still really confident in his ability to produce, especially given his consistent success so far this season. Man, that's spot on. I was literally having this conversation with a guy this week who is not a contender going into rebuild and was getting rid of Perryman. And I've really, especially at XFFL, really hinged more on these Marcus Golden, Hassan Reddick type edge guys because of Big three scoring, you know, especially in this league, we've kind of bumped up the um, um, the points for linebacker sacks and linebacker tackles for loss. But when this guy kind of shopped Perryman to me, I, I, I genuinely had to pull up his log, and um, he does not have a single-digit points um, scoring game this year. He has scored at least 10. To, he doesn't have anything over 20, but if you're looking for someone between 10 to 20 points to plug into your lineup every single week, Denzel Perryman has just been – just a solid, solid tackle-soaking linebacker this year. He only has one game that was week seven um, of under 10 tackles, and he still had eight tackles that game. So um, as far as what you're looking at in terms of uh, teams that produce high-scoring tackles um, against them going into the uh, upcoming week, uh, Denzel Perryman's matchup looks to be pretty juicy. Yeah, and hey, hopefully he he breaks that threshold and and sets a new season high for himself. 
that's the hope anyways. Um, let's go ahead and move on yeah. to the defensive back position. Go ahead and start us off with your call here. Yeah, my defensive back is Jalen Thompson, uh, safety for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, discount Buda Baker is what he is affectionately called around uh, most IDP circles. But could it be that Jalen is supplanting Buda as the top defensive back in Arizona? Uh, Jalen now has at least nine tackles in two of his last three games. Jalen recorded his second career INT just last week. And also, this is a big stat. Don't look now, but Jalen is in the top 20 in the NFL for total tackles. Um, if we are looking for an up-and-coming young player with a high tackle floor, big play upside that's coming with these interceptions, Buddha, please move aside. It's time for Jalen. So I've been banging this drum for a little while. I'm sure if you've listened to our main episode, you've kind of heard me starting to sprinkle this guy's name in. But he's playing a ton up on the uh, line of scrimmage. He's playing a lot in the box. Uh, Buddha has been playing a little bit you know, deeper this year for some reason. Um, possibly because of a different role with uh, really Jordan Hicks and Isaiah Simmons. But Jalen Thompson is a sponge like Denzel Perryman and is just soaking up these tackles left and right. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I think maybe uh, a lot of newer fantasy managers have a tendency to get attached to the familiar, attached to the big names like Buda Baker, for example. And it might be hard to move on to some of these players that you might not be as familiar with. But hey, maybe here's a sign you needed that it's okay to uh, it's okay to to move on and accept the new norm. Go for it. You know the other thing too to take into consideration also is you know everything's working for Arizona. So why would they change anything now? You know, so if you're looking at some of these teams that have been struggling and they have IDP people who are either producing or not producing, it maybe would be smart to look at them to see maybe a role change. You're coming out of a bye week to see. Okay, if they haven't been performing well, you might see a flip in IDP production for the positive or the, for the for the negative. But in a situation like Jalen Thompson, you know, if I'm Arizona with Hicks, Simmons, Golden, any of them, I'm just running it back from from one week to the next. Absolutely, don't fix it if it ain't broken. Amen. The squeaky wheel gets <laughs> the grease, and the not squeaky wheel doesn't get anything. Is, well, the squeaky wheel squeaky gets the wheel. oil. What we say it down south, you can say grease, you know, grease works fine, but most time oil is better. I'm going to take some notes. You know, I think you have a lot more <laughs> experience in that arena than I do anyways. So I'm going to, I'm going to, no, 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 no. <laughs> Everything I own is broke down. So don't, you don't, you don't need advice from me, but go ahead <laughs> and give me your DB for the week there, Evan. Can't wait to hear this one. This is a good one. Yeah. So my, uh, my DB pick this week is Jaron Kearse from the Dallas Cowboys. And while Kier saw a dip in snaps last week, he's typically been a 100% snap guy. I'm going to mm -hmm. assume that their 45-3 to 3 victory over the Falcons had something to do with that. This mm -hmm. week, they play the Chiefs. I don't expect a similar blowout. Kears has seen upwards of 65% of his snaps come from the sweet spot, which is the defensive line, in the slot, on the edge. Uh, in the box is the one I was looking for. But yeah, the sweet yep. spot. That's where we like our DBs to play. And uh, with a return to normalcy in the total snaps department, I'd ex expect an increase in sweet spot snaps as well. Wow. I really should have wow. considered what I was writing down when I wrote that. Sweet spot Love snaps. That. That's great. <laughs> that's that's Better box be a... slaps. <laughs> Sloppy snaps, something like that. Mm -hmm. I forget mm -hmm. how uh, how it was affectionately termed. The Chiefs have allowed a top 10 rate of points allowed per game to the safety position as well. So this could provide plenty of opportunity for Kears. Man, I love that. I'm going to go ahead. We're going to talk about these guys together. I'm going to go ahead and give you my sit of the week uh, because I think these two guys kind of, they kind of play hand in hand. So my sit of the week is actually going to be the defensive lineman, the edge, whatever you want to call him, Micah Parsons for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this does come with some cautions. Do I think Parsons is going to be good? Yes. Do I think Parsons is going to get a sack or a big play this week? No. Parsons has definitely shined as of late with 22.5 points in week eight, 33.5 points in week nine, and 18.5 points in week 10. That's based off big three scoring. Amassing 27 tackles over that time span. But these have come against 
clearly weaker opponents in Minnesota, Denver, and Atlanta. However, the Kansas City offensive line has only given up one sack to their half-billion-dollar quarterback over the last two weeks. And I think Andy Reid will have a game plan to keep Parsons contained and to keep his boy Mahomes clean. So will Parsons have a couple of tackles? Sure, every game he's going to. But will he have a big play? I'm not holding my breath. Uh, as an aside here, I kind of want to put in a little bit of a plug. With all the attention put on Parsons this week, I wouldn't be surprised if Dorrance Armstrong or Osa Odigizua had a sack. Um, I do think one of them is going to get through. I do think that Dallas defensive line is good, um, and I think one of them could get to Mahomes. But I do think Andy Reid is going to have a plan for Micah Parsons. I think we need to leave Micah Parsons on the edge. I think it's pretty clear at this point that that's where he is most valuable. And we kind of talked on the episode a week or two ago about who's playing linebacker, who is soaking, soaking up all these tackles. Is it LVE? Is it Keanu Neal? It's pretty clearly to me, Evan, that uh, J. Ron Kearse, is uh is serving pretty well in that uh, that DB in the box role. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and as a a bonus there, the Chiefs are allowing a pretty far below average points per game to the defensive end position. So I wouldn't expect that to change much here. My defensive end bench of the week is oh, it was T.J. Watt. I'd forgotten about this, so I'd written down T.J. Watt ahead of time because he was mm-hmm. injured and questionable to play and his game was Mm -hmm. on Sunday night so my thought process was hey you know you won't have time to pivot from him if you find out that he can't play but hey guess what you do have time to pivot from him because he's out he's not playing rest in peace to my Steelers but he's not playing this week so I had to sub somebody else in and my choice this week is Quiddy Pay from the Colts now don't get me wrong I love Quiddy Pay I have him everywhere he's a guy I'm a big fan of ever since that Black Panther suit at the draft. Oh, yeah. I know Bob doesn't mm-hmm. care as much as I do, but it's okay. I'll get over no, it. No, I love it. I loved it. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, but the reason I have him as a bench this week is uh, the Bills are who they're facing. And the Bills have allowed a far below average amount of points per game to the defensive end position. And with a low tackle floor and high sack, you know, his ability to rely on them, high sack reliance, if you will. I I don't Mm -hmm. see this week being the one in which pay gets going. And we mentioned earlier about some players that have a high sack floor. Quiddy pay does not have a very high sack floor. He's a little bit more big play dependent. Mm -hmm. And I don't Mm -hmm. generally like banking on players that are big play dependent in poor matchups, such as this one. I agree with you, especially going up against the bills um, offense that, you know, Josh Allen is is pretty mobile. Is going to be able to get around a little bit. So, um, I like that one. Uh, T.J. Watt. Let's talk about him real quick. Um, are you plugging in Alex Highsmith instead of Watt uh, very comfortably this week? You know, that's a really interesting question because part of the reason why I was hesitant on T.J. Watt is because of their opponent this week. Uh, their opponent mm-hmm. is the Chargers, who don't allow very many points to the defensive end position. But mm-hmm. Alex Highsmith is also a high snap percentage guy and is really talented. So what I would mm-hmm. say here is his floor becomes higher because his opportunity will likely increase, but it probably won't increase as much as maybe the market might think simply because of the tough matchup this week. So I wouldn't outright bench Alex Highsmith if you're in a position where you need him, but I would you know, mm-hmm. caution you and you know, adjusting your expectations. Golly. Uh, Highsmith had 11 tackles on 66 snaps last week. They did play the Detroit Lions, so let's take that into consideration. But um, that's pretty juicy. It's going to be hard to look away from with T.J. Watt out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Opportunity, first and foremost, is the most predictive stat. So definitely Mm -hmm. uh, a juicy play. Let's go ahead and move on to your, your linebacker pick here. Yeah, so my linebacker pick, and uh, there's a little bit of contingency here because I'm not 100% sure whether Dre Greenlaw is going to be back or not. I know he has been designated to return from IR, and I think he has been practicing. So you need to listen to the IDP show, uh, the injury report this weekend with our boy Dr. Leezus. He'll fill us out with the the Dre Greenlaw information as to whether Dre's going to play or not. But my sit of the week is actually going to be Fred Warner. And uh, this sits of the week, I know they're quite a stretch. Um 
maybe not sit of the week is a bad term. Maybe uh, maybe underperformer of the week. Maybe it would be a would be a better uh, designation here. But you know, with Dre inching ever so closely uh, closer to returning, and Fred coming off his highest tackle campaign in Week Nine with 14 tackles, uh, regression I'm afraid is imminent here for uh, for Mr. Warner. Um, while Al Shazier has been fine alongside Fred. Uh, Batman still needs his Robin, and Dre Greenlaw is very much an upgrade to that linebacking core over Al Shazier. Fred will still be good, don't hear me wrong, uh, but his tackles will come down as soon as Dre returns, which honestly I think could be this weekend. So, um, will Fred continue eating? Absolutely. But uh, with Dre coming back, he's going to take a little bit of a, of, a, of a step back, I believe, to, uh, to, uh, to let Robin back into the uh, neighborhood. I'm excited for Greenlaw to come back. I've been waiting patiently for a while, and I'm in need. Something mm. I, I do want to input here, right, because these sits of the week are, you know, they're metaphorical sits in the sense that it's very dependent upon the league that you're in. But I do think there is something valuable here for any manager in any depth of league because as much as, you know, right, these are called sits, like you said earlier, it's it's more of a manager expectations. And I do think that's yeah. valuable for a lot of managers and something I've talked about in a couple episodes ago in the Big Game Theory podcast is when you're setting your lineups, it's important to understand a player's range of outcomes and analyze their expectations mm-hmm. when you set your entire lineup. So you might not consider benching mm-hmm. Fred Warner, but if you manage your expectations with Fred Warner and realize that maybe he doesn't have as much upside or as high a floor as he's had earlier in the season, maybe that might change mm-hmm. your mind with another start that you have on your roster elsewhere. Maybe you'll take you know less shots on a long shot player and be a little more comfortable with somebody that's a little safer because you know that there's a lower chance that Fred Warner has a blow up week. So just take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a uh, it's bad podcasting to come on here and to say our sit of the week is pretty clearly some guy who's been playing terrible and has lost his job. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty evident at that point not to start um uh, Rashawn Evans, we all know Rashawn Evans is probably not starting for you this week, but, mm-hmm. um, as far as getting into a uh, juicy sits of the week, your, uh, your linebacker here has me, uh, has me on the edge of my seat. I bought the whole seat, but I only need the edge. Evan. <laughs> yeah. That one, that might be a new one. You know, Hey, it, it stuck. I'm following. I'm following right on the edge. Uh, my okay. linebacker sit of the week and I'm glad I, I forgot <laughs> How about that? I'd forgotten that I'd mentioned this guy. And I, so I'm glad that I gave that preface that I did just a little bit earlier because I am calling Demario Davis of the New Orleans Saints. Now, my Saints fans, friends, plug your ears for this one. But it it's it's really tough to bench a guy as solid as Davis. But the data and his recent production suggest that this might not be the best matchup for him. So again, you know, manager expectations. This is a manager expectations call as opposed mm-hmm. to it an all-out take him out of your lineup. But the reason why I'm a little hesitant upon him this week is because the Eagles as an offensive opponent allowed the league's lowest percentage of tackles to the linebacker per snap. So 3% less than the league average. And they've been pretty consistent with this throughout the season. Them and the jets have been pretty garbage just about all season as a linebacker mm-hmm. opponent. Now on top of that, the saints defense also earns a below average percentage of tackles per snaps at the linebacker position. So for every tackle that their defense makes, it's made by a linebacker at a lower rate than most teams in the league. Now, given how disappointing Davis has been these past couple of weeks, it might be wise to put some ice on him for a bit until he gets back into his groove. Man, I like that. And that's a gutsy call because the Mario Davis has been a darling this year for uh, for IDP managers. I think we literally talked on the episode this week that uh, you know, Demario Davis has been that guy that if you grabbed him late in your drafts this year, um, you have been pleasantly surprised what you got for Demario Davis. And you know, we were pretty dumb to probably let him linger around that long. Being a vet, not that much has changed. Everybody was a little bit worried about Pete Warner. And uh, I guess Quan Alexander stood on there, and he hasn't torn an Achilles or anything quite yet. But give it time if he hasn't. He uh, he for sure will. He'll tear something. Trust me. That's, but yeah, that's this is awful, a good one. But, oh yeah, <laughs> correct. It's awful, but it's correct. Um, let's <laughs> let's distance ourselves from that comment as quickly as possible and move on <laughs> to your DB sit of the week. 
For sure. So my DB sit of the week is Adrian Amos, the safety for the Green Bay Packers. Um, it's pretty clear to me, pretty simple. Amos to me is a big play guy. Um, and uh, only that, just a big play type DB. Uh, and guess what? Kirk Cousins has not thrown a pick since week six. Adam, Adam, you listening? Week six, buddy. It was five weeks ago. Uh, with weeks of four, four, five, six, and three tackles through his last five weeks, if you don't add an interception to the mix, his value is just clearly just a DB3. Um, so it's pretty simple to me. In week 11, he is not, he is, uh, he is going to be not so famous, Amos. Not so famous, Amos. How about <laughs> that? That is. I'm, That's I'm gonna, good stuff I'm, right there, Evan. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that for a very long time. Do I want to mm-hmm. remember that for a very long time? Yes, you do. Trust me. All right. It'll come around. You've convinced me. <laughs> You've convinced me. Well, I'm not sure how I can follow that, but I'll give it my best shot with my DB sit of the week is Anthony Harris from the Eagles. And uh, he, he did have a big game last week, but he doesn't tend to produce consistently. And why was last week good? I don't know. (laughs) He was just more efficient than usual. Mm -hmm. Uh, Only saw about 80% of the snaps, but his tackle efficiency was pretty high. And something interesting about tackle efficiency is it is a regressible stat. And if it regresses to the mean, Mm -hmm. we should see fewer tackles and in turn, fewer fantasy points. Now, on top of that, Mm -hmm. they play the Saints, who are one of the worst matchups for safeties in the league. I don't expect that to change with Alvin Kamara set to miss another week. Mm-hmm. I love that. Why was he good this week? I don't know. I think that's I think that's very astute, Evan. I think that too many people want to know why. They want to ask and they want to search on on the on the tweeters and they want to find out why this guy has done what he has done. But sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes numbers don't work and the uh, tackle efficiency is bizarre and Big plays are either there or not there, and it's just it's unexplainable at times. I, I really I think that is very mature of you, Evan, to just say, you know what? Sometimes you just throw your hands up, say, I I don't know what he did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wish I could remember who it was. It was probably Macri or or someone someone like that. Where basically they just you know IDP is a, it's a race, it's a game to see who gets to the ball first, and it's a lot different than offense where you know you can tell intent who's getting the targets, who's getting the carries, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe he was especially fast that day. Maybe he pushed a couple of his, of his teammates out of the way and decided, hey, today I'm going to get the tackles. But in any yep. case, we're going to go ahead and move on from that and uh, <laughs> talk about some players that you should be excited about once again. And we're going to start off on the defensive line. Who's your sleeper defensive line pick this week? My defensive line sleeper is going to be Jonathan Allen, defensive lineman for the Washington football team. I almost said it. I was really close. Um, now given the somewhat depleted defensive line there in Washington with the key injuries to, uh, the, uh, jaw bone of Montez sweat. And then I believe, I guess it was the ACL of uh, chase young. Allen is going to be relied on now more than ever in 2021. Um, Allen has six sacks through 10 weeks of play in 2021 and his upcoming matchup against the Carolina Panthers and their new quarterback. I mean, their old quarterback. I mean, their new old quarterback or whatever, however you want to say it, Cam has to be somewhat rusty and may tend to hold on to the ball a little longer than he should, giving Allen just a little bit more time to rush the passer this week. If Washington is going to make a midseason push on offense with Taylor Heineke and one of my stands, Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Allen is going to have to be the leader on the defensive side of the ball. Also, Jamin Davis had... Six tackles on 27 snaps in week 10 out of the bye. Shh, don't tell anyone. I won't. This will stay between you and me. Man, we should do a we should do a, an ASMR podcast. I'm sure the listeners would appreciate the heck out of that. Josh um, would <laughs> love it. <laughs> hey, Josh, 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 we got you, man. Next time, next time. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. You mentioned Cam Newton and how important the quarterback position is in these projections. I think we as a fantasy community are so just subject to recency bias. And we saw Cam last week and I'm back and he got the touchdown. And it's like, you know, hey, Cam, it's the old Cam. And, you know, Mm -hmm. 
No, he's not. He's, Has that you know, much really is, changed, though? Yeah. You know, because if you just look at the more recent data that we've seen from him, you know, he, he's not he's not the cam of old. Now, I love Cam mm-hmm. Newton as much as the next guy, but I don't yeah. think that this is going to be the exact same Cam Newton of old. And that's not a hot take, but I do think it's important that we realize that, you know, we need to manage our expectations here. And I think that in turn, that does mean that Jonathan Allen is set up to uh, to feast now that everyone else is not there, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and move on to my defensive line pick. This is a very interesting one. I know I tried to uh, I tried to get deep with this because, you know, some of you guys are in deeper leagues, and uh, hopefully mm-hmm. this is helpful to you. But I am calling Jacob Martin of the Houston Texans. Cue the who? Jacob Martin of the Houston Texans. <laughs> so he played 60% of snaps before their buy, and he was actually pretty solid. He earned an 88.5 defensive grade. Now, most of the defensive line earned an 80 to 90 PFF grade. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But he did have six pressures for one sack on 60% of snaps. Now, he's looking to follow that performance up versus the Titans. Now, they are one of the most advantageous matchups in points per game allowed to the defensive end position. They also have a negative 19% pass block advantage versus the Texans' defensive line. So, know your league and make smart starts depending on your depth. And I think this is so, so important. I wanted to put this in here. I saw some people getting upset at my guy, JJ Zacharyson on Twitter this week because they didn't realize that his starts and sits were subjective depending on the depth <laughs> of your league. So don't be that guy, pal. Now, Love I know that. the Texans are, are kind of stinky, but, but you know, just cover the name Texans on your screen when you start them and just look at Jacob Martin. He's just a normal dude, just an average Joe. Opportunity, man, because uh, Charles Aminahue is gone, right? I believe he got moved. I'm not sure to who uh, who he went to, but, you know, opposite there from uh, Jonathan Greenard, who we talked about last episode, has been just an animal down there in Houston. I uh, I love this. You know, 60% of the snaps, saw six pressures, turned that into one sack. Um, that's the type of math that I'm looking for in, the, in week 11 when the uh, defensive line's getting pretty desperate out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, let's just jump right into our next player. You have a linebacker here. Go ahead and tell us about him. Yes, sir. Mr. Kenneth Murray, mm-hmm. linebacker for the Los Angeles Chargers, the other team in Los Angeles. Um, this one's simple to me. He's the first round pick. He played 58 snaps in week 10 back from injury. So it is clear that the head coach there, the old Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, wants to get his talented first-round linebacker back into action. And lastly, against a bad Pittsburgh offense. Would we be surprised to see – yeah, I'm so sorry. Take your time. Take your time. We Would would we be so surprised to see Murray with the big play potential? I sure wouldn't be. I think the time off on IR uh, for Murray to rehab and a study has served him well. We could see him possibly return to the LB1 conversation by season's end. And I know that's probably a hot take. People will love him some Kaiser White right now. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not buying into the Kaiser talk. I think uh, I think Murray is, uh, they're in a primetime game, I believe, this weekend too. Yeah, they're the Sunday night game. I've got one more piece of uh, information before the episode's over I'm going to talk about. But I like Kev Murray. I think it's time to uh, start paying attention to his snaps and to his usage. He's back. Like Cam. yeah, like Cam. Hopefully for real, for real though. For real. I love this call. One little bonus thing: the Steelers are definitely a really nice matchup for linebackers. So just gonna throw that out there too. Kenneth Murray, man, what a guy! What a guy! So inspirational. Hey, because man. I because I don't know who is uh, Ben playing or Rudolph or who's the quarterback. First of all, doesn't matter. But second of all, we don't know yet. <laughs> okay. Um. Aaron Rodgers soon, please, 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 please. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, As of right now, as of this recording, we don't know for sure. Mason Rudolph is preparing. And if uh, it is Mm -hmm. him, he says he'll be ready. So I would expect more mediocrity because that's about all you can expect from Mason Rudolph, that and a smashed in face. Speaking of smashed in faces. Oh, go for it. If I'm I'm Pittsburgh at this point, 
I know I'm the super minority, but I love me some uh, some Dwayne Haskins. At least when yes. fantasy is concerned, he just chucks the ball around. The dude has some talent too. He just seems to be uh, a little bit of a head case and kind of uh, I don't know. Maybe he's not a good quarterback. I don't know, but I I at least like him in fantasy. So I would probably play him over Rudolph. I you're not gonna play him over Ben, obviously, but Rudolph yeah. is just a he's uh, Rudolph's horrible. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take this bunny trail real quick because you're I don't think you're in the minority when you say that. Most Steelers fans that I've been talking to are pretty much on the same page. Now, I guess the reason they want to keep Rudolph is because he's like probably a higher floor guy and they want to win games. Why? I have no sure. idea. I, I saw something that made me almost want to throw up earlier where somebody was saying, Yeah, Big Ben could probably be back next season too. So I was like, Ugh. Um, no, thank you. Huh. But right. It makes so much sense to just put in Dwayne Haskins instead, because you know what you have in Mason Rudolph and that's mm-hmm. not the future. So I mean, he's a I bad know. backup. Yeah. Not even a good backup. Uh, what about, um, what about, t- tell me real quick before we get into your, uh, LB, mm-hmm. uh, sleeper, what is, um, is Ray Ray McLeod good or is he just target hog right now? Is there any talent behind that? That is that is a great question. I it's tough, right? Because number one, talent is such a subjective question in and of itself. So I really couldn't tell you if he's good or not. But I also think that them putting him on on kickoff or punt return says something because I I feel like I've read a stat somewhere that says players that tend to be put in those positions tend to be relatively athletic and mm-hmm. tend to progress pretty well. And the Steelers do have a good history of you know, building up wide receiver talent. So, you know, I didn't answer your question because I don't truly know the answer, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. I understand. He he does do a lot, but uh, I've got him starting in a lineup and I don't feel comfortable about it. So I wanted you to tell me he's really good. Have you seen his 40? But that's okay. Maybe another week. But tell me about your, uh, go go for it. I think Claypool is going to be back this week, so if that helps make up your mind, that a does little help. More. That does help. He he'll probably grab the pine then with the, with Claypool back, which I love Claypool. I'm a big Claypool fan. Oh, but yeah, let's talk fun. about your um, linebacker sleeper of the week. I'm uh, interested to hear this one. Yeah, I, man, Bobby's getting me back on track. What kind of podcast is this? Um, hey. My my linebacker pick is uh, is JOK Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, the linebacker for the Cleveland Browns. So. JOK only saw 30% of the Brown snaps on defense last week, and he still earned three tackles. It's tough to bank on tackle efficiency, but I do think we can expect a greater percentage of snaps for him this upcoming week, too. That 30% snap was one of his lowest of the season, and it was just coming off of injury. So, eh, you know, you tell me. I think it could probably go up. Now, the Browns face the Lions, and as an offensive opponent, they have allowed the second-highest rate of linebacker tackles per snap in the league, 2% more than the league average. And as a defense, Cleveland also has a higher than average percentage of tackles go to the linebacker position per snap. That's 3% more than league average. And while the game itself won't likely be too much fun to watch, JOK definitely will be. And this is coming from a Steelers fan, so you know I'm telling the truth. It's like it's like me pumping up Seattle players or Arizona <laughs> players. You would never hear me do that. But uh, no, I love JOK, man. I think um, I think there was a little bit of skepticism coming into the league with his size. He's a little shorter, a little, uh, you know, not as large as some of these, uh, you know, classic linebackers. But JOK can hit, man. He uh, he gets to the ball, uh, tackles really well. I-, I love seeing that he's healthy again. The, the, uh, the Browns definitely need to figure out what type of team they are at this point, not only on the defensive side, but also on the offensive side of the ball. Are they better with Odell? Or without Odell, we're going to find out, I guess, here pretty soon. But, um, yeah, man, JOK has been a, a a bright spot for people who drafted him in the rookie drafts because he has probably overperformed what you were really perspe- uh, expecting for him in 2021. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, let's go ahead and move on to the defensive back sleeper position. Go ahead and start us off. Yeah, man, this one goes out to a uh, little shout out to my to my boy, Joshy. Uh, Javon Holland, safety there for the Miami Dolphins. Um, we got to talking about it on the pod, and it made me kind of dive into it a little bit deeper. Um, so, yeah, he is going to be my sleeper DB pick for the week. 
Um, really too, isn't too much of a sleeper anymore, honestly. But with the last game's points scored uh, based on big three points, uh, big three scoring of 10, 18, 7, 13, and 20, and this Jets matchup in week 11, um, yikes, I really think that uh, this is a great week for Holland. Uh, we talked about it on the last show, the IDP show, how much Holland has been rushing the quarterback lately. And with two sacks in the past four games and the Jets looming this weekend, whoa, baby, Holland has all the upsides. Mm-hmm. Multiple have, upsides, not even one upside, multiple upsides. Multiple. He has, he has the there. upsides. He has all upsides, of the sides yes. of the up. The plural upside. Absolutely. This is the fantasy analysis <laughs> you're here for, a listener. Don't you dare. That's Don't it. you dare. No, you're going to listen to this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I do I do love this call. I'll go more into it later, but just mm-hmm. this matchup against the Jets. Mm, yum. Okay. I'm just gonna move on to my DB. So he, here's an interesting one. Now, okay, before before I get into this, my players to Sean Gibson. He he plays for the Bears. He's a safety there. There's another guy there who has a very similar name. I didn't even write it down. I probably should have written it down, but it's another Gibson. I Googled it and I couldn't tell if they were brothers or not. So, hey, I know there's a couple Chicago Bears fans listening to this. Shoot me a DM. Tell me if they're related or not. I need to know. To Sean Gibson, and there's like an outside linebacker over there whose name's also Gibson. I'm going to look it up. Yes, thank you. It's another T. Gibson. So, that's your that's your homework. You thought you were done with your homework. No, this is your homework. You send me a DM and you tell me, are they related or are they not related? Okay, I need you. Travis has been getting some play here lately. His uh his snaps yeah. are increasing, really. So yes, the Gibson brothers. But yes, Teshon. There we go. So speaking of Teshon, <laughs> this this start is entirely it's okay. It's entirely dependent upon Eddie Jackson, his health status. He may or may not play Sunday morning, and as the time of this recording, it's still up in the air. So if Eddie Jackson does play, disregard what I'm telling you. You can fast forward like 30 seconds. But if he's not playing then Gibson is in line to see 100% of snaps at the strong safety position. In week nine, he saw 57% of his snaps in the sweet spot, which is a higher rate than DeAndre Houston Carson, the other safety there. Now they face the Ravens, who have allowed some of the most points per game to the safety position in the league this season. And once again, you have to know your league. But if you're in need of a sleeper play that's a little bit deeper, this guy should be primed to produce. Yeah, I like that a lot, man. Um, defensive back has been difficult this year. Outside of your Derwin James, um, who else? I mean, who, who's been another good? Who's been another good safety this year? Um, it's it's hard to find a safety who's just been in and out um, a great producer. So, yeah, out there on the DB streets, it's been uh, been difficult. And uh, Tayshawn Gibson, I agree with you. It is entirely dependent upon Eddie Jackson's health status, but. It does seem to be like when he is out there getting those 57%, um, you know, week nine uh, snap percentage there, um, he's performing. So, absolutely, I really like that one. That's a that's a nice deep sleeper for you. Him and your uh, your defensive lineman up there, those are all three. Jacob Markin, JOK coming back. People probably forgot about it a little bit. And then Tayshawn Gibson, that's great. Yeah, trying to trying to help out my uh, the audience for my boy Joy over there getting you guys for those deeper ones. Let's go ahead and move oh, yeah. on to our, our overall general just position group. So not specific players, just these teams and the positions in these teams, man, they, we just like their matchup. So go ahead and start off with your defensive line pick. Yeah, man, I'm, this one's going to be simple. It's the uh, Tennessee tight ones, and it's for the simple reason that they play the Houston Texans in week 11. Uh, with Houston giving up sacks in week 10 to Nick Needham, uh, Van Ginkle, Two and a half to Emmanuel Ogba, and I think uh, even Jalen Phillips had a half sack. Uh, I'm afraid Tyrod Taylor might not make it through this game. Um, with names like Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, I think Bud Dupree is still healthy, leading the Titans to a potential deep playoff run this year. I think they are going to eat Tyrod Taylor's lunch, which is probably like a barbecue sandwich, maybe ham and Swiss, uh, maybe just a bowl of SpaghettiOs. You know, you never know. Now, is this a cold bowl of SpaghettiOs, or did he at least go through the effort of microwaving it first? You know, he probably could go either way based on time, but I would say he probably had somebody heat him up for him. 
Yeah, that's fair. Hopefully not the doctor from LA, but you know, um, true. In the... <laughs> Good point. Um, some some spaghettios from '93. Well, expired. They'd probably still taste good, man. Spaghettios are. Uh, I'm Doesn't not. A, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I love spaghettios. I would say that that's possible until I saw the video of the guy drinking the uh, Pepsi Crystal that was like ten years old and just went into straight just projectile vomit as soon as it you know reached his gullet. So. You know, I don't deal with that old stuff anymore. Maybe Adam or, you know, somebody, Josh, maybe could give you some reference point on some old food. But uh, day old, it's out in here for for uh, for me. I, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not risking it. That's fair. Now, I will have to say, does mm. that imply that he would not have vomited if it was brand new? Mm. That's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. You could also even take into consideration maybe that if it was the doc from, uh, you know, L.A., they might have done something to the SpaghettiOs. Yeah. You know, if they want to see more Davis Mills. Yeah, honestly. man, A lot of storylines here. We could follow so many, so many storylines. None of them matter whatsoever, but you're getting <laughs> them anyway. Um, to save us from the endless abyss of Tyrod Taylor's career, we're going to mm. go ahead and move on to my defensive line group pick. I have the Cleveland Browns. Now, much like your call against the Texans, I too have picked based upon matchup. And who did the Browns play this week? Aha, they play the Lions. The team that even, man, the, the, the team that every defensive line player gets high PFF grades against. So the Lions, mm-hmm. they have allowed some of the league's highest points per game to the defensive line position this season. Not a shocker, the Lions are the Lions. Now, the Lions also have a negative 30% pass block advantage versus the Browns. I wrote versus the Lions. I mean, shoot, they probably have a negative 30% pass block advantage versus themselves, too. It's possible. Um, And they'll likely be running with a new quarterback this week, Tim Boyle. Now, Mm -hmm. whether or not they do or don't, I I mean, their starter is Jared Goff. So, you know, you tell me if it matters. (laughs) It doesn't. It's one of my least favorite memes I've seen this year after the uh, the last LA game with uh, San Francisco, the old Scooby Doo where they were taking the uh, uh, the mask or the bag off of the person's head, and it was originally uh, Matt Stafford, and they pulled the bag off, and it was Jared Goff, and it was like, wait a minute, guys, come on now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, what's what's happened to Goff? Is he injured? I obviously don't have <laughs> I'm rostered anywhere, so. <laughs> that's a good question uh, <laughs> tbd we'll uh we'll have to we'll, we'll throw that out there on twitter as to what's going on with jerry golf but it's clear that neither of us care i think maybe this is just the first week that the team doctors have seen him play and so they just assumed he must be injured i don't know gotcha <laughs> yeah much like board. uh much like aaron Rodgers this week i i will not accept any matthew stafford slander that man is he's he's a saint he's an angel He's received um, a lot of it this week as well, as far as uh, you know, not making it through big games. He uh, he's had his fair share of uh, of a rough go and uh, to start his bye week. Hopefully, he's been off Twitter. I'm sure yeah, he now, hasn't been on Twitter. Now, here's a question: How come? I was just thinking of this like a week or two ago, and you know, what better place to bring it up than an IDP preview podcast? But Tom Brady, mm-hmm. like the goat. Sorry, Zach, the goat. Right. In his first season with Bruce Arians, he had some games where he struggled and people were like, man, like that's tough. It's his first year on a new offense, pretty complicated mm-hmm. system, but he'll get the hang of it. Why can yep. we not give Matthew Stafford the benefit of the doubt here? Like I, it seems pretty hypocritical to me, but whatever. My opinion doesn't matter. Absolutely. Uh, I, uh, I co-sign so much. I think that also will go into um, got also go into evaluation for Odell Beckham. Why are we assuming in week 11 that Odell Beckham is going to learn maybe the most complicated offense in the NFL within a short amount of time uh, with no Robert Woods and drop Jefferson out there? Uh, Drop Higby, too, while we're at it. Um, That offense really misses Cam Akers, in my opinion. But we won't get into too much Rams talk or else we will see midnight tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, hey, why don't we talk about uh, another big three IDP favorite team of your linebacker yeah pick. yeah joshy boy in the indianapolis colts um this is going to be a tough for a tough game for the colts there's no doubt about that um but you do have to think with them sitting at five and five uh they have to be ready for this matchup this week against the buffalo bills 
Um, with the Bills having what on paper looks like a good running game, I don't think that it is. Uh, and a good running quarterback in Josh Allen. Uh, the Maniac and company are poised for a high-scoring IDP affair in Week 11. Uh, can the two linebackers in Darius Leonard and Bobby Okereke contain Josh Allen? I think they can in Buffalo. As long as Carson Wentz uses his right arm to throw the ball, I think the Colts will have a chance to win this game. Control the time of possession with Jonathan Taylor. Move the ball downfield with Michael Pittman. And let the maniac eat. I am pegging this one as my upset of the week. I know you weren't asking for it, Evan, but I had to give it to you anyways. Oh, I was asking just tele- 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 telepathically. Yeah, that. Yep, I got it. I got it. I'm on, I'm on the same wavelength here. Oh, yeah. Hey, fun fact. Did you know Pat McAfee was the guy that announced Bobby Okereke's pick in the draft? I didn't know that. Yes. I think, um, didn't they draft? I think that draft was down in Nashville 2019, 2020. Wouldn't have been 2020. It would have been 2019, obviously. But, yeah, that was one of the greatest of all time where he was talking about, you know, I know we're in Nashville and a lot of you all don't know who I am because – the Colts never punted against the Titans. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a that's a that's a goat announcement right there. I love that. I love that. Um, Speaking of goat announcements, let's get to let's get to your linebacking core for the week, there, Evan. Oh yeah, man, this one's pretty stinky. So you know, plug your nose, I guess. I don't know. It's it's the Texans, and they mm-hmm. smell because it's the Texans. So you know, yuck. Mm-hmm. But but hear me out. Hear me out. Like I said earlier, just cover up the name and just look at the players. Okay, look at the numbers, mm-hmm. man. It there's there's some room for optimism with this linebacker group, and I'm going to tell you why. So, as an offensive opponent, the Titans, the ones that they play, the ones that Pat McAfee did not punt very much against, they have allowed the third highest rate of tackles per snap to the linebacker position. That is a two percent higher than league average rate. And they also allow 2% more linebacker tackles per total tackle than league average. Now, as a defense, Houston earns 3.5% more linebacker tackles per snap than the league average as well. So it's not strictly matchup based. They've also been doing this all season. And I think one of the reasons why I also like this call specifically is because it's mine and I'm selfish. Do I I need another reason? No, but I'll give you another reason because that's probably not good enough. The Texans have had a lot of guys rotating in and out of the linebacker position this season. So mm-hmm. check your waivers. You know, maybe there's a guy that's been getting, you know, a bunch of snaps for a week or two and nobody just, you know, put the effort in to figure out who it was. You might get a free pickup. I don't know. Maybe you're in a sharp league. Maybe you're not. But give it a shot. Worst case scenario, they're all picked up. Best case scenario, maybe you get a free start this week. Yep. I do like that a lot, you know, because I, I got to give Adam and Johnny a little bit of credit for their um, for their preview pods because a lot of times they will look at the over under on a lot of these matchups, and the over under matters a lot, you know, based on how much the offense is going to be on the field, based on how much the opposing defense is going to be out there. So, um, I agree with you, Evan. That's a uh, that's a pretty juicy matchup there for the Texans. Also, another quick shout out, Joey Zach mm-hmm. Cunningham Undertaker GIF. Yeah, he's back. It's happening, whether we want it or not, whether PFF uh, an- analysts want it or not, he's back. Speaking of PFF analysts, let's get into this next one here. My DB group for the week is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers, and I got to give the the, uh, the shout-out here to Mr. One, John Marcy, and he knows who he is. McCree? Marcy. Marcy. I call okay. him Marcy. No, gotcha. not not McCree. No, we don't, we don't call him Macri around here. But uh, you have to know that Derwin James, his baby, my baby, our baby maybe, um, has had this game on uh, in primetime circled for a while on his calendar. Uh, Derwin James, who to me has been the far and away safety one in 2021, will get the chance to lick his chops against the not-so-great Pittsburgh team. Sorry again, Evan. On, <laughs> Sorry, Sunday, night, on Sunday night football, you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to see other key pieces in that secondary like Nasir Adderley and Asante Samuel Jr. Brandon Staley should have his chess pieces ready for the big day against a meddling team, and I am expecting big plays from this big play defense. So, there you go. I miss my baby Derwin. Shouldn't have traded him to Marcy, but week <laughs> 11, here we are. Man, I love Derwin James. He's so good at football. 
that's he's not fine. News, but yeah, we don't get a lot of primetime uh, Chargers games even uh, either. And uh, you know the Chargers have kind of been bad the last couple of weeks. Justin Herbert has not been right. So hopefully um, they've gotten right. Primetime TV. Derwin's going to be out there. Herbert's going to throw for four or five touchdowns. And uh, my apologies to your Steelers, but uh, I'm excited to see you, Derwin live it's been a while oh yeah absolutely hey that's why i scheduled pickleball for sunday so i don't have to watch it happen perfect perfect um, seeing uh mason uh, rudolph or uh or your other boy picked by derwin it's possible yeah it's gonna happen pick six derwin james over under well i don't even know where i'd set the line i don't think you can set a line on that but i don't I th- know i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> yeah pick six derwin james there you go um yeah, there you go. You heard it here first. We're uh, we're time travelers, and we decided to use our time travel ability to talk about IDP fantasy football. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna close this one out with my final pick, the DB group for the Miami Dolphins. Now, you mentioned one of these players earlier, but in general, mm-hmm. the defensive back core has seen some new light recently, and this week's matchup versus the Jets should have that light shining quite brightly. Now, the Jets have allowed some of the league's most points per game to the defensive back position, and with Joe Skinny, that's Joe Flacco in English, mm-hmm. Joe Skinny starting for them. See what I did there? That was that was really impressive, you guys. I liked it. Listeners, I, I expect to hear you clapping right now at the incredible use of English, English that I just used there. Okay, Joe English. Skinny. He's starting, I'm pretty sure. Has that been confirmed yet? I don't know. Does it matter? No. I think... I- I think I, I think I saw it on Twitter today, so so that's accurate. Yes. There you go. Children, take notes. If you see it on the internet, it's true. I it can't is, imagine 100%. things are going to change much for the Jets. So mm-hmm. this is Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. They all saw 100% of defensive snaps versus the Ravens last week. So mm-hmm. whatever relative production you've been seeing from them so far should be pretty stable and floor-based, and it's going to get a bit of a matchup bump against this wonderful Jets. J-E-T-S, <laughs> Jets team. You're going to get it there, old J-E-T-S. You know, I'm uh, I'm just RIPing over here, Mike White season still. You know, being a homeboy here from Western Kentucky. Why, why are we benching him? He had four interceptions against one of the best defenses in the NFL. You know, Teron Johnson had an INT. Jordan Poyer had one. You know, that Jets team is just horrible. Let Mike White get up, get back out there. He could maybe beat a Miami Dolphins team. He wasn't going to beat the Bills, but yeah. yeah. Mike White That's my big better. take on this one. He does. He deserves a better team. He What is, is he, it he said? He said he deserved to be the overall first pick in whatever draft he was taking, taking out of. I don't know about that there, Mike. I mean, hey, I feel like that's probably aged a little bit better than Josh Rosen's I'm going to win seven Super Bowls and there were 10 mistakes ahead of me, quote, especially yeah. considering the and Falcons he, game. And he got uh, one pass last week. I think on his first one, it was an interception, wasn't it? I need to double. I need to. I need to vet that, but I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing. You know, while we're talking about this game, um, do you know how many pass attempts Matt Ryan had and how many pass attempts uh, Josh Rosen had in that game? Probably not off the no. top of your head. Do you want to take a guess? Uh-uh. How many pa- passes uh, attempts that Matt Ryan had? Yep. And then how many uh- pass attempts Josh Rosen had? Uh, Matt Ryan had, I don't know, 28. Josh Rosen had four. Oh, you were so close. Oh. 28, 28 and three. Oh, three. Oh, I know what that means. <laughs> okay. Um, that, that almost happened last night. That kind of happened again, except, uh, they didn't ever yeah. really, uh, get that high. Sorry. Falcons did they score last night? I don't think they this. did. Yeah been a rough game for a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of fans out here if you're yeah. a pittsburgh fan a jets fan or a atlanta fan you probably didn't like this pod that's yeah. all right hey, that's we not still your, love you that's not what you're here for you know mm-hmm. you're, you knew your team was bad before you started the pod <laughs> you didn't need us to tell you hey is, exactly. is mike white this year's taylor heineke uh no no it's weird that taylor Heineke's probably better than mike white i'm a mike white believer because i think he has a good arm but he's just a backup, maybe, maybe just third string. I don't even know if he's a good backup at this point. Hmm. Been around a while. Yeah. I don't know how many years. But anyways, go tops. Yeah. You got to love them. What is that, WKU? WKU, Western Kentucky. Bowling mm-hmm. Green, Kentucky. 
don't come here looking for us. You won't find us. Me and What's Adam and Josh will disappear. The uh, big red. Big red. Don't ask right. about him. Don't you don't ask questions. You just shake your head and say, "Yeah, big red. Cool. Big red. Cool deal." I mean, hey, we have some fighting artichokes over here in Arizona, so this is a no he, judgment zone. He's in the um, he's in that Capital One uh, mascot voting thing every year for some reason because they just they think it's cool that he could be a guy or a girl or a animal or a person. Nobody really knows or spirit could be a ghost. Might not even be real, Evan. Don't do that to me. I need it to be real. I need <laughs> Big Red. I need Big Red to be real. Big Red, don't let me down. Be real, please. He's real. He's as real as Mike White season. It's coming back. It's coming back, Evan. I bought all, all my Santa here. Claus stock, and that backfired on me, so I'm hoping this investment doesn't hurt me as much. Trust um, me, you'll be fine. <laughs> what a great what a great podcast, Bob. This has been such a blast. It has been fun, man. It's uh it's been fun not uh you know dealing with Adam's hollering, um, right. Josh smacking both of us to straighten up and actually give some analysis. So uh yeah, it's been a nice change of pace for sure. As for you listeners, hey, congrats for making it through. I'm sure it wasn't difficult for you at all. How could you possibly turn off this podcast before you change your mind and decide to change something else? Stick around for just a second longer because we do have some cool things to tell you about personally. On my end, you can find me on Twitter at BGT Evan and on Instagram at Big Game Theory. Bob, where can they get your information? Oh, they can't. I just went offline today permanently. Or I guess you could still follow at IDP Bob on Twitter. There you go. Good enough. It's all right. He doesn't want you. But, you know, if you uh, need to fix your ratio and somehow follow more people, that's a great follow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Yeah. Other other uh, cool things coming up. Um. Hey, I, I have a I have my own podcast feed for the Big Game Theory podcast. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. If you guys uh Absolutely, decide man. That, yeah. If you guys decide that you hate the IDP show and you only want to listen mm-hmm. to me because that's a clearly rational thought. Absolutely. That was sarcasm, please. That was sarcasm. <laughs> Josh, 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 that was sarcasm. K. Okay. Okay. You've been canceled, Evan. <laughs> it's been fun. Great ride. Hey, it was nice talking to you. Um, hey, make sure you go subscribe to that, the Big Game Theory podcast. You guys know where to find it. It's on there somewhere. There's like one or two episodes out already. Um, man, this has been fun. Listeners, you have a great day, okay? We're going to sign off now. Evan, Bob, it was nice uh, chatting and uh, getting you guys to listen. So until next time, peace out. Howdy, peace, oh. Howdy, peace, oh. Howdy, peace, oh. Yeah.